This Could Be Gay, a podcast where we explore the gay possibilities of pop culture. I'm your host, Anya. My pronouns are she, her, and my guest this week is Zach. Hi, my name is Zach Evans. I am co-host of uh, Genuine Russell Boys podcast. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Um, I'm also a musician in a band called Wild Spells. Um, and for the sake of this podcast, I'm very queer. I identify as uh, bisexual and non-binary slash gender fluid. Um, yeah, that's that's me. Each week, we talk about things from pop culture that could have been gay but weren't. <sighs> Sigh. Bummer. This week, we're talking about wrestling. We're going to tackle some wrestling. And we're going to talk about the Marvel Universe. So, uh, over to you, Zach. Tell us the ways that wrestling could have been gay. Well, there's a lot of ways that wrestling could have been gay, and there's a lot of subtext when rest, that wrestling is gay a lot, but there's one thing in particular where it's kind of gay, but should have been a lot gayer. Um, so, some background. Um, there's these two wrestlers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Uh, they're two of the best wrestlers in the world. Currently, they are both world champions in, in the, the promotions that they wrestle in. But um, for a long time, they were a tag team. And they were not only a tag team. They, it was kind of implied for a long time that they were more than a tag team. But it was never explicit. Um, mm. uh, they were called the Golden Lovers, for one. Um, so... They they wrestled over in Japan together, um, where Kota Ibushi still wrestles. Um, he's the current world champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is the second biggest uh, wrestling promotion in the world. Kenny Omega is the champion for AEW, which is the second biggest wrestling promotion in America. Um, so they're both pretty big deals. Um, anyways, so the Golden Lovers, they were a tag team that got together and the whole time that they were together, it was kind of like there's some really cringy, um, stereotypical gay characters in Japanese um, pop culture. And that's kind of what they were going off of at first. Um, so you think that they were overtly trying to be gay at the beginning? I think so. But they would also never say it. It was kind of it's a little bit of gay panic y sort of stuff like um really over the top like comedic moments and stuff like that um but would never actually say that they're gay Ugh. um i don't think that they those two were necessarily playing into that but that's what their promotion probably would have wanted this promotion the promotion that they wrestled for is wild it's called ddt and they have things like the super gay battle royal um and things like that over is there. That, is that the one where they wrestled like in a quarry? Um, that wasn't the same thing, but it's the same promotion, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, they wrestle in like the woods. They shoot <laughs> fireworks at each other. Um, Kota Bushi, the first match they ever had, Kota Bushi won doing a backflip off a vending machine onto Kenny Omega. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they um, could have been, you know, they could have been more overt about it, but also they were being kind of gay panicky. So you don't necessarily want that. Um, where it could have, the story of them is really interesting because they were together for a long time and then they separated. Uh, were wrestling in different places from each other. And then um, both of them ended up in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mentioned that Kota Ibushi is the champion now. Um, but when Kenny Omega went there, he became a bad guy. He became, it's called a heel in pro wrestling versus a baby face is a good guy. Um, and he joined this group called the Bullet Club, which is a group of four, just foreign shitheads, basically. Just like, a bunch of white guys and Samoan guys being villains in Japan. Um, and they, so he joined them. Kota Bushi was always a good guy because he's just a weird alien who loves wrestling, basically. He has an alien brain. Um, and the two didn't really interact, except then when Kota Bushi was fighting the leader of Bullet Club, um, a guy named AJ Styles. Um, Anya just made a face about him because <laughs> he talks like this and uh, he has had some world views and opinions that would match the stereotype of someone who talks like this man. Uh, it really makes you think. It really makes you think. He also, yeah. He says, He's a flat earther. Yeah, at least he said the flat earthers make you think. Um, he's an idiot. Um, but he was, Kota Bushi was fighting AJ Styles for the title back then and Kenny Omega and him had their first interaction where Kenny Omega distracted Kota Ibushi just by looking at him in the eyes. And Yay. that was enough to make uh, Kota Ibushi lose the match. Like he got distracted enough. AJ Styles ended up beating him because of the distraction. Um, the two, they're both over there. And eventually Kenny Omega became leader of Bullet Club when AJ Styles left and went to join WWE, um, he became the leader. Um, and the, but the two just still never really interacted, except basically subtweeting each other all the time and using each other's moves in the ring. Um, Kota Ibushi added this like skeletal wing to his ring gear that he wears, which is like Kenny Omega's thing. He's like the one winged angel is his thing. So, so is it like wearing your boyfriend's hoodie? Yes. Or like suddenly you wear a lot of like, I don't know, Carhartt because an ex used to <laughs> like, no, I just like the that style now. But like there's definitely a lot going on there where both of them are using each other's moves, but like refuse to acknowledge it or anything um, until Kenny Omega um, basically lost in the finals of this really prestigious tournament um that they have every year there and backstage they showed him like exhausted and like you know just beat down from having lost this match and then he sees Kota Ibushi and he like walks over to him and like falls into his arms for a second before pushing him away and then like storming off like mad at himself for what he had just done um so 
you know, there, there's a lot of tension still going on there forever. Kenny Omega at this time had become like world renowned as the best wrestler in the world. Um, and at this time, there was like some conflict brewing in Bullet Club, his, his group um, from this other shithead in, in character shithead named named Cody Rhodes. who was like sowing dissent and for some reason just kept really going after Kota Ibushi. Um, just like hated him probably because he was Kenny's guy, you know, and he was like sowing dissent and trying to like become the leader. Um, so after a match, Bullet Club people and Cody were beating up Kota Ibushi as heels do as, you know, villainous guys that they are. Um, and Kenny comes in and saves him. From his, like, fellow faction members, basically. Um, mm. Yeah. And then the gayest thing ever happened. Uh, the two were, like, starting to, like, embrace and stuff, but kept kind of, like, pushing each other away until they just finally embraced. And in the middle of this arena, confetti fell from the ceiling as if, like, someone had just won a championship. But it was just for these two reuniting. Just a hug. Yeah, just a hug. Um, and con- yeah, confetti fell from the ceiling. And then the two, right. the two reunited. The Golden Lovers were back. Um, and <clears throat> at this point, um, it was much more of a thing of like, these are the two best wrestlers in the world being a tag team. Not so much them being a couple, but there was still a lot of subtext there where like the two were best together. And like, this was a redemption story for Kenny because he had been a heel and this turned him into a baby face. Um, but they still like wouldn't ever acknowledge it. And um, the thing, one thing is that like Kenny was asked about it at this point and I'm pulling up his uh, exact quotes, but um, sorry, someday it'll load. So, <clears throat> When he was asked by um, uh, a guy, na- a reporter named Dave Doyle from Yahoo Sports, who is openly gay himself, um, what Kenny said was, let people think what they want to think. If LGBT people can identify with our story, if they think the Golden Lovers are my team, I'm good with that. It's the story of two wrestlers who shared dreams on their way up, who became fast friends, who are now reuniting at the top of their game. So... I remember when this happened, it kind of felt like a cop out to me um, because previously they had definitely been more than that, even if they wouldn't say it. So they're queer baiting. They it became kind of queer baiting. And I I think part of it is that there are cultural differences in Japan about being openly queer and stuff like that. And his the company they work for probably wouldn't have been super okay with that. But at the same time, why do it if you're not just going to go all the way with it? And if any two people in the world could do it and get away with it, it'd be these two. Um, As shown by the fact these two are world champions and their companies now that wrestling is a quote unquote fake sport. Um, I, in other words, it's predetermined. Whoever has the championship means that they have power. That means that they have trust in them. And the fact that these two were at that level means that they could have done it. Um, so for me, it, it, it 
I really wish it had just been overt. It, it, it's disappointing. I remember being so excited when it started and then just how quickly it fell away when I realized, oh, they're not going to actually admit to it or say it openly. They're just going to use that aspect of the story when it's good for them and then not when it's, you know, not good for them. Yeah, that's the Golden Lovers. There you have it. Yeah. I mean, and this is like far from the only example in wrestling of stuff like this happening. It's really common, but this is just the one that hit really close to home for me. I think, well, okay. So in women's wrestling, there already has been a gay storyline where two wrestlers are bisexual and they're having an affair. Yeah. Um, so this is, this happened very recently, by the way, this sounds like something from like, the 90s or early 2000s, because there were similar storylines in wrestling back then, but they were super gross. This happened like last year, where there's a wrestler named Lana, who was married to another wrestler who then went by Rusev in WWE. Um, he's with another company now. Um, and they there was a storyline where she had an affair with another wrestler named Liv Morgan. Um, so this storyline lasted all of like three weeks before they like dropped it. Basically, Lana, Lana was getting married, quote unquote, married in, in quote, in what's called kayfabe, which is the fake part of wrestling. Basically, this the stuff that storyline uh, to another wrestler named Bobby Lashley after she had cheated on Rusev with him. It's convoluted and terrible. Don't worry about the details. Um, but Liv Morgan came out and was basically like, I thought you loved me, Lana. Like, everyone's, like, expecting her to say Bobby Lashley, but it was actually Lana, the one that... Plot twist. Plot twist. Um, yeah, it lasted, like, three weeks before they dropped it um, because it was just terrible. Um, but, I mean, it could... I don't know if that thing could have been saved, but there's versions of that storyline that could happen and not be so gross and terrible yeah there's a way to make it less gross yeah well and then there was a guy on nxt whose whole gimmick is basically prince yeah and so he would come to the ring with like girls and scantily clad girls like coming with him and i always wanted him to come with like scantily clad boys too Mm -hmm. but then Turns out that he's a pedophile. Yeah. Um, which is, it's the most disappointing. We're talking thing. about Velveteen Dream, by the way. Yeah. Real name Patrick Clark, just to separate him from his character, because it's the real life person who's, you know, a terrible human being. And who's soliciting nudes from underage boys. Yep. So the fact that, like, that happened like what seemed like it could be a positive thing of representation for a character. And I was always so excited about to then have the real life person like ruin that is was crushing. It was so disappointing. And yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. Anyway. So I think that it would be cool if we had a gay storyline in women's wrestling that wasn't just 
Lana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, w- there's a good opportunity for friends t- to lovers with Sasha and Bailey. Oh, yeah. They're, they've been best friends. You know I love a good best friends to lovers. Um, we could do, let's see. That one would even be enemies to best friends to now enemies to lovers. <laughs> yeah, they are up and down a lot, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and then I, I just want, um, oh shit, what's her name? Sonia Deville? No, oh. Sonia Deville is a gay wrestler. Yeah, she's and a she's lesbian, back. So that's awesome. She's back after a hiatus, so. And she's not shy about it. She wears rainbow stuff and she's openly queer, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, I want, what's her name? Spades. Oh, Shayna Baszler. I want Shayna Baszler to get a girlfriend. Oh yeah. She's probably queer too. She just hasn't come out. She's hinted at it. Yeah. I don't want to out somebody or anything like that, but I think it would be cool in storyline if she could have a girlfriend. Yeah. Especially like Shayna. So Shayna Baszler is like a real life tough Per, like really tough person like she did MMA and stuff before professional wrestling and she's terrifying and she it'd be great to have that side of her shown where she's like maybe a little sweet and stuff because she's shown some funny like she can be funny right. so that'd be great too yeah yeah there's another recently out gay women's wrestler who I can't think of the name of right now and I've seen a wrestler oh Tegan Knox. oh really yeah she came out Recently, too. Awesome. She posted pictures with her girlfriend. Tegan Knox is the one that does my Captain Marvel gear, right? Yes. Oh. She's gay. Yes. Fittingly. Blessed. It's a good, good transition to what you're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. The gay marvels. Mm-hmm. All the gay marvels. All right. So Marvel has a longstanding history of doing the bare minimum and calling it good. Uh, case in point. End game. We have one of the directors of the movie to have some throwaway line about being on a date with a man in like a support group situation. And they were like, good for us. We've made it gay. We can move on now without any real representation. So for Marvel, I'm going to start with I have I have two things I want to talk about here. Uh. But we'll get to we'll get to that. So the first one I want to talk about is Captain Marvel. Anybody who's seen this movie knows that Carol and Maria are married. No, so married. No. They are raising a child together. Did you see all those pictures that they looked through? It's Christmas with Monica. They're constantly all over each other in those singing pics. They are gay. And together. And I'm thinking it could even be part of the thing, part of the movie, because it was the 90s, you know, when that movie took place. True. So it could have been that they were gay, but they couldn't let anybody else know because they were scared. Don't don't ask, don't tell was. Yeah. And they were in the the Air Force. So don't ask, don't tell was a thing. So this could easily still be gay. But, you know, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. No, like, I feel like they'll probably in Captain Marvel 2 introduce some stupid love angle, even though they absolutely should not, because it's Marvel and that's what they do. Right. I look at Captain America. Oh, my God. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Don't 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 get me started. Okay. 
So, just think of how much better that movie... Like, okay, I loved that movie. I love Captain Marvel. I'm not knocking on the movie. But just to add that level of representation where we would have not just some throwaway line by a white dude, you know, for two seconds of the movie, but we would have a strong, you know, two female characters and a black woman and in love on screen, that would have been so good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even, like, like they feel very much like the meme about, like, lesbians being, like, roommates for two years before realizing they were dating. <laughs> True. Like, that almost feels like the vibe for them. But, again, yeah. it's just hard to have confidence to actually pull the trigger on that. Right, I doubt it. I I could see that, though. Just them being best friends and being like, this is how everybody feels about their best friend, right? And then realizing, oh, wait, no, maybe not. <laughs> Marie... Maria's gonna be would be in her forties in the new, in like the newer movies. By the time Carol comes back again, yeah, because Monica's gonna be an adult mm-hmm. in the new movies. So yeah, so she gets to have her hot, not aging wife. Yeah, when she comes back. Hell yeah! <laughs> Blessed. The dream, honestly, mm. not really. Aging is normal. Yeah. It's just very, it's funny to think about. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is a, that is one that I will go on till the end of time. My, in Marvel Universe, for me personally, it's Loki. In the comics, Loki frequently is, presents as a woman, is like very, very gender fluid. Um, there's periods of time in the comics where Loki is literally like primarily presenting as a woman um for like years and years in the comics but they have like absolutely not done anything with that in like the movies like that's literally more like comic book canon and they won't touch that it seems they just like just ignore it i don't even remember loki like disguising himself as a female character at all in the movies. Like, may- maybe he has. If it, has, it hasn't been more than once or twice. And, like, him, like, playing with that and, and stuff like that is a huge part of his character. And that's, like, disappointing that it's not there. Like, She-Ra does, has a better version of Loki oh my in God. it with the character Double Trouble. Double than- Trouble than Loki is in the movies. And I actually really like Loki in the movies and think Tom Hiddleston does a good job, but... But you can only do so much with what you're given. Yeah, and they, it's not enough. God damn it, Joss Whedon. Yes. <laughs> Just in general. Yes. <laughs> Just in general. We're not huge fans. Anyway. I mean, okay. There was a time. There was a time. We're not getting into it, though. Okay, and my second thing is Captain America and fucking Bucky Barnes. Y'all know they are gay. Best friends since childhood. Inseparable. On playground and schoolyard. Come on. Again, this is a, a, an easy friends to lovers 
scenario. You know, like they are in love. And Steve shows us over and over again through the movies that he's always going to choose Bucky. You know, he like in Winter Soldier, he goes against everything for Bucky and again in Civil War. He'd risk it all. Yeah, he would <laughs> literally risk it all. This is like the most romantic tropes you can fill in. All aimed at my my platonic BFF. Like, come on. Gay. The gayest. Like, direct quotes from the movie. He, he says, like, even when I had nothing, I had Bucky. I'm like, gay. I'm sorry. That's just the way that it is. It really is. I've never put this together before, but Steve and Bucky and Kenny Omega and Kota Bushi have very similar energy. Like, I can see that. Very, very similar energy to of being like, yes, my friend, my very good friend who I just love to pal around with. Pal around with and just that's it. That's all we do, friends. And every other plot line in Captain America movies where they try to shove him with somebody else, it feels so forced. Like when they make him kiss uh, Sharon in... Oh my God. Winter, it was like the least chemistry I've ever seen in an on-screen kiss in my life. So awkward and bad. Yeah, it's very like like yes i am straight look look at this woman that i love to kiss with my mouth yeah and then i love peggy as a character peggy's a badass i love her but they knew each other for like what a few months and then it turned into this pining th it's it's just not realistic you know it's way more realistic that he falls in love with his best friend who he's been, you know, low-key pining for in many ways, high-key pining for in many ways, um, than it is that, you know, he is in love with somebody he knew for a few months. Yeah. And that he went and undid her entire life in Endgame, just casually took away the life that she had built with her husband and took away her children to then have a life with her himself, mm. which is like, come on. If Steve was straight, that's pretty spot on behavior <laughs> for, for what to expect from the straights. <laughs> I guess so. But Steve is just so against that in every other character aspect that I'm just like, are you serious? You, yeah. this was your big ending. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Just to compare these two things, since this is actually blowing my mind a little bit, how much similarities there are. I'd just like to read you some quotes from my, my two, my two boys, my two wrestle boys. Um, when, uh, Kota Bushi said that he was going to stay in Japan to keep working. Cause there was a chance he was going to come to over to WWE at one point, but didn't. Um, he said, um, that he was the best wrestling was over there, and that he's doing hit doing. I'm doing my best and waiting for him. You're lonely, aren't you? Well, I'm right here waiting. 
never saying they would never say each other's names. They would only say stuff like that. Um, uh, when Kota Ibushi entered this tournament, um, that's really really big tournament every year called the G One Climax, <laughs> which both of these men have won. Um, he or so Kota Ibushi entered that. Kenny uh, Omega wonder was like interviewed and was wondering why uh, Kota Ibushi came back. He said. Uh, I thought if I won the G1, you'd come back to me <laughs> because Kenny had won that tournament the year before. And so my heart. Yeah. Um, and then after Kenny Omega lost that tournament that year, uh, he saw Kota Bushi backstage for the first time since he had uh, kept him from winning the title and betrayed him and momentarily collapsed into his arms before shoving him away and storming off angry at his own love oh my god i just this representation would be so important to see captain america as a queer icon oh yeah would be amazing and yeah i think i think they should all be gay yeah every single one of them except for tony a couple of years ago at Tree Fort, remember the zine that I made? Yes. Uh, there's a music festival in Boise called Tree Fort, and they do different events and things like that. And uh, there's something called Story Fort that's part of Tree Fort. And a couple of years ago, they had one where you could go and make a little zine, which is, if you don't know what a zine is, it's just like a small booklet that you can make and, uh, you know, send around to people. And I made one called Let Superheroes Be Queer. And I cut up a bunch of comic books and made a collage. There was uh, some Thor in there. Um, there was some Wonder Woman being a lesbian. And, of course, there was Steve and Bucky. Mm -hmm. Gay. Yeah, I mean, like, Wonder Woman was written explicitly as a somewhat queer idea because at the time, BDSM people like people are into bdsm and things like that were very much in the closet socially and the writer later on was not shy about uh, his own proclivities in that way interesting i did not know that so the lasso of truth uh oh. has some extra meaning there so okay okay this has been this could be gay Follow us on Instagram at This Could Be Gay and follow me on Instagram at Anya Monique. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at KFabeDad and Instagram at My Chemical Dad Pants. And uh, the show, um, Genuine Wrestle Boys, just go to ease drop.com and find us there um, and find all the links to our socials and stuff there. Go do gay shit. Kiss me in a way that I've never been